Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to Saudi Radio's Business Matters with me, Carl Fitzpatrick. Our final guest, Oliver Chen from Cowan, is an internationally renowned retail analyst that regularly discusses the latest retail trends on CNBC and Bloomberg in the US, so we're delighted to welcome him to Business Matters. Oliver, you have your finger on the pulse when it comes to retail globally, but before we discuss that, provide us with an insight into Cowan. Carl, it's great to be here. Thank you. Here at Cowan, we are a boutique investment bank, a global investment bank with offices in in London and New York, and I provide equity research. So I conduct stock market analysis on companies in the retail industry, over 30 companies. So what I do is rate these stocks and offer um, recommendations by hold or sell the stock. And how have those stocks been performing during COVID? Well, we're most excited about Target and Walmart, in particular curbside pickup and drive up. Um, That's been a major theme. Uh, And that's been a a great service for customers because it offers safety. It has very high net promoter scores. Customers are very happy about it. And and food and the immediacy of grocery um, has been an imperative. Another major theme is at home and the revolution taking place at home. And companies like Peloton um, are ones we think of as well. Um, That applies to health and wellness as well as thinking about at home. That's a major theme as well. Uh, And then we like luxury goods. There's business models like Farfetch, RealReal, LVMH, um, digitization of luxury is a major theme as well. And of course, click and collect as we know it here as, that has been hugely successful during the pandemic. But is it a trend that's here to stay? Carl, we do think it's a trend that's here to stay. Based on our research, customers really find the experience to be very helpful. They're coming back. Um, There's a revolution taking place. So it is all about convenience. Um, What one framework I think about is offering the customers extreme convenience offering customers a, a cultural experience that's conducive of experiential retail and also being curated. So those are three C's. Um, in the context of convenience, click and collect is a, a premier way um, to offer your customers that, that curbside pickup modality, but also delivery, uh, delivery and buy online pickup in store. We are finding that um, the same customer likes different kinds of ways of receiving goods depending on their needs. So it's really not easy for retail to adjust to this, but it is a imperative if you want to be customer-centric. And Oliver, I do want to dive into those three Cs. Let's start with extreme convenience. So if you're advising retailers here in the southeast of Ireland today about how to ensure that their offering is ticking that box of extreme convenience, what would you be saying to them? I think the journey ahead has a lot to do with personalization. So knowing your customer, trying to be predictive, prescriptive, um, and making the whole shopping experience have less friction. The other name of the game is speed. Um, As everybody knows, uh, people want their goods immediately, and you might even want your goods before you knew you wanted them. Um, So can retail even go that far in, in delivering or suggesting goods that you didn't know you wanted, but you knew that the customer might want because of behaviors a year ago. Um, So speed will be important. And the the challenge here will be, how do you make this economically viable? Um, 
what we've been seeing with larger retailers is a lot of automation and robotics because the pick and pack experience um, is quite labor intensive. So that will be a challenge for retail, but I think you really need to think about a suite of services to the customer, um, all about delivery as well as click and collect, buy online, pick up and store, ship from store. The principle here is speed and the other principle is a connected experience. So connecting the experience from mobile to desktop, to um, in-store is something to think about. You know, what we see ahead is is probably um, this real blending of everything I'm saying, meaning uh, can Carl partly start his cart um, online, uh, such as starting your cart with items from the center of the store that you don't find very enjoyable to buy. And then when you go in the store, you want to have that cart ready for you and look at produce. So there'll be a, a hybrid model um, as we see it ahead. And, you know, connecting everything that I'm speaking about um, is data and data in terms of the customer interaction. So all of retail should really think about this. Um, as I think about retail, every retailer is a data company, um, and that's an important principle. Of course, everything you've just said to me, I think of one brand, and that's Amazon. And of course, you did mention predictive shopping. Provide us with an insight into what Amazon are doing in that particular area. Yeah, I think what's really happened, uh, bigger picture, is recommendations um, and a recommendation engine that's quite smart. What also happens with online grocery is that it's important for brands to be in people's digital carts early because a lot of shoppers will shop based on their um, past activities. This whole notion of personalization and predictive and measuring interaction, that's very important. And then loyalty programs. Um, That's a whole other topic, Carl, but every retailer really needs to think about a compelling loyalty slash membership program. And how can you make it fun and interactive? And how can you also make it simple? Because the customers of tomorrow Um, really don't want to be annoyed by too many decisions. And they also want to get great deals in a simple way that's easy to understand. So uh, a loyalty program is a key part of this. Um, Thinking about Amazon Prime membership programs, Walmart Plus, um, what does that mean uh, to different retailers and and more local retailers and how to um, really establish engagement and loyalty and retention of your customer? The big digital unlock here is understanding your customer lifetime value and understanding how each individual customer uh, purchases and retaining uh, that customer on a customer-by-customer basis as well. And that, that all comes back to data as well. The second C that you mentioned is cultural experience. So how does a retailer go about creating that cultural experience? Yeah, Carl, culture to me is this whole um, evolving nature of experiential retail. So um, think about things that you can do in your store that you cannot do online. And when you think about grocery, it has to do with the theater of grocery. I mean, there's some concepts here uh, like Italy or the wonderful food halls um, that exist in a lot of the European department stores um, where there's uh, culinary experiences, there's classes, there's interacting with Um, people and things and building community in stores. There's events. There's very close relevance to the communities. Um, And all that matters for for generating traffic and also uh, generating an experience that where customers want to come back. Um, So culture uh, to us 
has a lot to do with that relationship uh, and the need and the, and the interest for customers to be in store and also drive a, a real sense of community. Oliver, the third C is the curated experience. What does that involve? Yeah, for us, as we think about curation, um, I think a lot about private labels. What, what can you offer um, that's really unique and differentiated in your store? Um, and also, you know, what is the magic? You know, retail is about magic and logic as well. So convenience is logical, but the curation can be magical um, and, and it can really be edited. Um, we are living in a world where everything's available to everybody at all times. So um, less can be more. And are you curated in a way that makes sense? It's authentic to your brand. And then in the axis of curation, do you have private labels um, that, that are quite innovative and, and relevant to new generations? Oh, Carl, as we think about the new customer, um, another framework that, that I have um, is called STAR. And sustainability, transparency, authenticity, and re-commerce, those are all major trends to think about, too. And, uh, you know, as we think about grocery, um, and within STAR, the T is transparency. So one thing that the customer really wants is transparency in ingredients, transparency in the supply chain. And, you know, curation is um, – uh, shares some thoughts around transparency because you really have to modernize assortments, you know, for a new Generation Z or Generation A customer as well. And Oliver, as you've outlined, there has never been as disruptive a period in the history of retail. So what advice do you have for local retailers with limited resources that are facing into these challenges? Yeah, Carl, it comes back to knowing your customer. So in many ways, retail is very simple. I, you know, I, I like the idea of running proactively, you know, thinking about focus groups and understanding the different types of customers you have and how you can keep them loyal. And then competing on your own terms, you know, what makes what makes um, your brand or your, your outlet special in that community and really trying to flex that. Um, also, uh, clearly using your stores as a distribution center. And or um, figuring out the right partnerships. I mean, what I'm speaking about is quite expensive. So are there the right partners um, around you or in retail or in other fields that make sense to ally with um, to drive convenience? Um, and then products. So and the magic of retail often um, comes back to product and product innovation. So assorting with modern assortments in mind, um, which comes back to those themes of transparency. I think there has to always be awareness that a new generation of customers cares about purpose and um, customers will vote with their dollars. So, I mean, what, what purpose can you bring back into your shopping experience? What missions do you have as a retailer as well? And what values do you have um, those are important features to think about, too. You know, as every, everybody does have control over their assortment, too, and this idea of transparency and food uh, as well um, and thinking about that um, are, are, um, are different strategies to consider when you're thinking about product. Oliver, I have to say it's very evident to me that some of the world's largest retailers seem to have redefined themselves as technology companies with their product being retail. What are your thoughts on this and do you subscribe to this model? To me, it comes back to magic plus logic. Um, so there's plenty of logic which requires AI, uh, data, infrastructure, supply chain, but 
the magic side of retail really matters and innovation through um, product selection, curation. Um, but I, I do subscribe to that in a way um, because they're underpinning a lot of uh, the future is, is AI and IT and personalization and this mobile interface. But I also don't subscribe to it because retail is all about people and relationships too and the touch points you make. Um, so it, it's really a combination in, in terms of how I see it evolving. And it also differs a lot by category. Um, luxury goods relative to grocery, um, relative to apparel, um, have different different priorities and different ways to, to tap into the, what the customer wants. And in your opinion, can any retailer today in 2021 afford to ignore technology integration in their own business? Uh, the short answer is no. The reason why you can't afford to avoid it is because technology enables you to know your customer better um, and understand that relationship. It also drives what we spoke about earlier, Carl, which is convenience. And time is a luxury for everybody. Um, the The reality of the future of retail is um, we will all be competing against Walmart, Target, Costco, and, and global retail powerhouses, which drive extremes amount of convenience, including Amazon. So the, the customer lens has forever changed, and it's it's competition that you're going to face whether you like it or not. Um, the other thing to, to talk about is like every retail company is a media company. Every media company is a retailer. So this whole notion of um, how shoppers um, consume media is very different in that you can create demand through social media. Um, and, and the reality of, of having a digital presence and, and relationships with different kinds of influencers, that's important too. Provide us with an insight into Farfetch. Yeah, Farfetch is interesting because in some ways it's the Amazon of luxury. Um, it's, a, it's a global luxury platform uh, that connects boutiques around the world to customers in the luxury goods industry. The luxury goods industry is quite unique in that it's somewhat concentrated um, with you know the top 20 brands being about 50% of the market, that's very different from apparel and grocery, which is very fragmented and um, has different commodity-like features. Um, but Farfetch is a platform. Um, what we really see happening to, to big retail is this, this evolution of platforms as well as um, marketplaces that connect people in new and novel ways and ecosystems, including Amazon, including Walmart, including Target, as retailers think about healthcare financial services and other features as well. And Oliver, what do you see the future for big box department stores and shopping centres or as you call them in the States, shopping malls? Yeah, Carl, I think what's been happening is we've really seen this continued shrink of number of stores. So Macy's had 700 plus and we see it going to 500 over time. At the same time, Macy's online penetration is going to 40%. But We've seen an intensification of innovation at A and B malls. Meanwhile, um, C and D malls have experienced store closures and store traffic issues. Um, the imperative now is for a connected experience across online, offline, and utilizing uh, stores as distribution points, and also um, planning and allocating inventory in much smarter ways. Um, but you know, I think there's a bright future for retailers who innovate. Um, Kohl's is another example. They partnership, partnered with Sephora, a beauty company, 
And they've also introduced um, Active into the assortment with Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas. Um, we like Macy's and the digital penetration that's happened there, as well as the um, digitized loyalty program. That's been a key factor in better inventory management. Um, those are all things that are happening in the department store sector here in the U.S. And Oliver, we are starting to see online retailers now taking pop-up stores on our main streets across the country. Do you see that trend growing over time? Yeah. The whole thing about digital, digitally native retail is that a lot of people at these brands really want to be in stores. So the future of retail, as we've seen it, has always been digital meets physical and bricks plus clicks. So pop-ups do not surprise me. Um, they... What happens with a pop-up is it really helps drive customer acquisition, and customer acquisition to online um, is a big factor, um, and instead you're paying rent expense to have that happen. Customers love really seeing and experiencing the brand in person, um, and you see this a lot uh, with retailers such as Nordstrom partnering with digital brands and also Target partnering with great digital brands, um, and, and both can work in tandem. Over time, as a digital brand expands, um, most will have stores um, because customers do want to experience brands in stores. And finally, for our listeners this morning who are considering possibly opening a retail business, what advice have you got for them? Well, Carl, I mean, one of the most important things, as people know, is, is rent expense. And it's one of the most expensive things, and it can it can kill you if it's not structured correctly. But Thinking about um, ways that make sense for the forecast, um, that is variable rent or shorter-term leases is beneficial. Um, and then also, you know, figuring out if the traffic patterns make sense and how you can blend online and offline. Um, those are important factors to think about in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, and then I think in terms of the assortments and the future of retail, um, also think about the uberfication of retail. So and another another important thing is like the future of retail could be no retail if if customers actually just want to rent items or borrow items. Um, that's something to definitely watch, as well as this major revolution happening with transparency, ingredients, and sustainability and blending profits plus purpose. I think these are all important to consider in the context of understanding the younger customer um, who will be increasingly important in purchasing decisions as well. Well, Oliver Chen of Cowan, many thanks for joining us this morning and providing us with such a fascinating insight into the world of retail. Carl, it's great to be here. Really fun to discuss with you everything. And Ireland is a country of innovation and hospitality and retail has tons of disruption which yields opportunity. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.